it was like, I want to be more of who I know I am, but I've had so much conditioning and societal conditioning, as well as, you know, my familia conditioning that I need to strip back the layers to, to reconnect to who I truly am. And if I can do that, then I think I can do work in the world that better serves people. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work. I'm so excited to introduce our guest, who's someone I've admired, um, well, on Instagram, on, on I don't know, social media and across the land. And our uh, my wife is friends with her. I've actually met her maybe sort of kind of in person and... Um, or, or I should say on Zoom. Um, but I now get a chance to actually interview her on my podcast. And I'm super, super excited because she's such a fun person and so, so incredibly smart and doing such incredible things in her life. Uh, so I'm so glad to share her with you guys. Christy Mann, and we're going to talk about her like she's not here. So she gets to listen and pretend like, wow, she gets to hear all about her own life. But I like this part because she is a best-selling author, an executive coach. She's a learning consultant, a speaker, and a meditation teacher who designs, delivers, and facilitates transformational content and experiences. So you can rest medicine. I mean, that is a lot of stuff that you get to do in one life. But she's also a proud member of CTI's which is uh, Coach's Training Coach Training Institute, which is also where my wife worked. They work together um, at the world's oldest and largest in-person coach training school. Um, she's uh, she's done so many different things with all kinds of other different organizations, like the Trium. I might be saying this wrong. Groups, faculty, and organizational coaching teams. And she has a master's in spiritual psychology and holds a BA in media information and technoculture from the University of Western Ontario. Uh, there's more paragraphs here, and I'm not going to read all of them, but I do want to say one thing that she's um, the creator of the Emotional Leadership Academy. And it's a six-week virtual intensive. I do I do see it online and I'm like, oh my God, that looks incredible because of the way that we all are being in this last year and, and in our life. Um, and finally, she is releasing The Adventures of Lil Sass. We're going to hear about that and a series of emotional wellness books for all kinds of young people and, and adults too. Um, in awe of children's resilience and emotional flexibility, she's a champion for everyone. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, let's have some fun. Brian, thanks for having me. And hello to all your viewers. And I, I too have watched you from afar and been so inspired by Humanly Possible and the great work that you and Courtney are doing. And I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you for cool. having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Let's dig in. I'm going to dig right in and ask you, what's one thing that felt small at the time for you, but ended up being a big shift? I think where I think there's a lot that where I could go with that, but I think what I'll bring forward is 
the beginning of my career, I was in marketing and communications and I worked at McDonald's restaurants and I was promoted to a manager um, level at a very young age. I actually had no business being in a management, like a people management position. And I really wanted to take some training to help me be an effect, more effective leader. And a franchisee said, have you heard of coaching? And this was going back 16, 17 years ago before coaching was mainstream like it is now. And I didn't know what it was in a business sense. So I signed up for a coaching course. Little did I know, because I just thought, oh, I'm going to go get some people management skills. And fast forward 14 years later, I found the Coactive Training Institute. Um, I'm on faculty for them. But that experience of going through the training and the leadership program, it just opened me up to a whole new world of evolution of consciousness of my own development. And, you know, you hit some of the things in the bio. That was the thing I thought was going to be small. I was going to be a better people manager in a marketing role. And now I'm this wild woman before you here. I think that would be one of the little things that turned out to be pretty big. Yeah. Oh man. And I, I'm, I, um, I can respect that because I went through leadership first and went through it with Courtney um, at CTI. So I, yeah, for those of you who are listening to this and didn't see her her face just now, um, it was like, what? <laughs> um, because they don't recommend that. Um, and we, we were, it worked really, really, really well. Um, and it was magical um, and it opened eyes and this isn't a commercial for leadership, but um, but it is interesting when you when you look at yourself that way and what was that for you what what opened up when you went through that uh, that that process yeah i think it was the first time i took it's called the fundamentals of coactive coaching and i saw two facilitators at the front of the room being super vulnerable and to me it was a whole reframe on what what was possible in leadership and I had been, um, I had major imposter syndrome. I was definitely fake it till you make it. I thought as a leader, I had to have all the answers. And um, I was failing. I was failing. My team didn't like me. I wasn't getting the business results I'd been hired to get. So when I saw this model of leadership where it was like, be yourself and uh, take responsibility when you make a mistake. And I just thought... Actually, that's going to be easier than what I'm trying to do. And sign me up for that. I want to be like those kids when I grow up. And, you know, I ended up putting my credit card down for the whole program plus leadership program that Brian spoke of. Um, and because it was like, I, I want to be more of who I know I am, but I've had so much conditioning and societal conditioning, as well as, you know, my familia conditioning that I need to strip back the layers to, to reconnect to who I truly am. And if I can do that, then I think I can do work in the world that better serves people. So that was, that was a process, you know, 14 years ago that I started that journey. Oh my gosh. And, and so, um, I'd love to know, like, uh, like just to put a period on it, how that then came back into you and what that did for you at maybe McDonald's or maybe that moved you into a different space. How did that, how did that inform the next part of your life? I um, left that role at McDonald's right away. 
I said, I'm finished with selling cheeseburgers. What I want to do when I grow up is help other leaders give themselves more permission to bring their full self to the workplace. And I just started right away consulting to organizations about this. And I designed some of my own programs. I carried through on with the coactive um, curriculum. And um, one of the, the big contracts I got early on was with a bank in Canada. I'm originally from Canada. I'm actually physically in Canada right now as we talk. And it was with the Bank of Montreal. And we trained 3,000 leaders across the retail bank in coaching skills. And it was a huge experience for me because I got to see a project begin from, you know, so cradle to grave, how we start um, a basically a change management initiative inside a large organization and see the ripple effect and how it affected people's behaviors as well as the business results. And um, that was really cool work. And I wanted to keep going deeper into my practice as a, as a coach, as a trainer, and then seven years from the day I took my first course, the day I led my first course, I was then on faculty for CTI. I then ran their corporate division for seven years. Um, I recently left left that role, and I'm um, I've up leveled up to other productions right now, and using all that experience and those beautiful relationships that were cultivated through that time in this next chapter. You know, I love that that you you kept up leveling and that you started with this let's let's go get coach training so that i can be a better leader at mcdonald's and what ended up happening is um i want to help people be better leaders right and not only that but there was there was there was deep um transformational work to be done there on how to how to look inside and how to be um and show up differently and uh it's almost like you just saw like a whole different way to live life um, and create and be at work and be yourself. What, how did you design that? How did, cause you said you designed your own programs and then you created and you just, it, it felt like not even a small shift. Like this was just like a, you got cracked open. I got cracked open and then I continued to crack myself open I ended up doing um, a two-year master's program in spiritual psychology, which basically was two years in deep therapy. So what the, the coach training, I, I, I like to talk about it. It's like, it's, it was for me, the beginning of my transformation. It, it introduced me to some of these skills that I could use with others, but also use on myself. Like, how do I listen to myself more deeply? How do I get curious about what's happening for me? Um, and, and it, opened up this um, world of um, other modalities and other types of um, healing and therapeutic and developmental modalities that came into my consciousness that I then would, would go and study. Um, but specifically to your question, when I was at CTI and I was managing a team, what was really important to me was that we, I was um, walking the talk. So the, the product that we were selling, that we were training other leaders inside organi organizations in, that me and my team would be models for it. Um, didn't mean we always did it perfectly, but I think one of the things, and I know you've had Tina Myers on your podcast and um, you've come across probably other folks that, that I've worked with, we really worked hard to bring our full self to business. 
to bring our full self to business. And I know that's, you know, part, a big part of your mission. And um, we had to have tough conversations and work through it, but we used the skills like listening and asking good questions, powerful questions, we call them, getting curious, acknowledging people. Hey, I see you being a friggin' rock star. And I just like admire who you've been during this difficult time. Like, so using all of the skills um, and then creating a, a work environment that was like safe to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I can talk about, you know, we can fast forward to now. I have all these other products that do those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So I'll sit on it for a second. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do want to talk about that and not, and, and um, I want to, I want to put a book, uh, hold that um, for a second. I'm going to come back around to that because I want to go, uh, I want to laser focus into um, the tough area of building that because there, you know, you look back at 14 years of creating leadership or creating something and you said tough conversations and creating something that was, you're walking the walk. Um, but can you remember a time when you were having those tough conversations and you were leaning into all that stuff and you're like, wow, this is really challenging. And, um, and you know, this isn't easy. And what did you do to get through it? Great. I remember lots of times like that, you know, working with humans doesn't matter how much training people have done or how evolved they are, or how conscious we're humans. We get reactive, you know, we like say something we regret after the fact because we're heated. And I can think about with, you know, one of my direct reports specifically who, um, all the people I worked with, I just so adored them as humans. And it didn't mean that they were always great at the role they were in, the work that they were responsible for. And so um, separating the human from the work and then consciously stating that when you sit down to have a tough conversation, like right now, so-and-so, I'm not interacting with you as my friend because we become friends when we work together, hopefully if we work in good environments. I'm going to talk to you role to role because there's certain things in the role that aren't being fulfilled that need to happen so that we can achieve the results we're collectively responsible for. And so um, that allowed the other individual to then talk to me role to role and put the personal relationship aside, you know? So, so that, that's an example and coming at it like that, it gave the individual an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm actually not happy in my role. That's why I'm not, that's why I'm not fulfilling the targets or achieving the goals set out because this isn't a match. And it was like, well, great. Okay. So then let's get you in a role that brings out your best and let's, let's design that together intentionally. And so, I mean, that's, that's an example, but there, there was, I mean, tons of conflict, tons of working through, but conscious communication in listening. And then we, we, in the coactive model, it's called designed alliance, which is you're not just, you know, starting on a project and saying, here's the targets, here are the work milestones, but you're also saying, how will we be together as humans? So when, when shit goes, goes awry, because it will, how are we going to be with each other? 
How do you like to receive feedback? You know, um, and you design all of that up front. So then when we get to those tough moments, we've got something that we've sunk our teeth into already. Oh my God. This is why when I walked into a room, my whole life is spent in corporate uh, before. Uh, not, I was, I had an agency, but I would, we worked with corporations. And then I walked into a room of coaches and I was like, you are my people. Where have you been my whole life? This, these people are just, um, it's just like, you know, the energy flow just changed totally, not to go off into the, in that whole direction, but it was just so neat to see how, um, communication can change everything. Like you're saying, it was just amazing to see that. Well, and you've always, me from watching you afar and what you've created, you've had that innately in you, right? And so a lot of people actually, they don't. And so it's great when they find programs that can develop this in them. And others, it's more natural. For some people, it's a real stretch. But um, I actually think we're living in a time and age, specifically since the past 18 months, it is our responsibility as leaders, and you can be the leader of your family, the leader of a community um, group, the leader of yourself, the leader of your uh, work team, the leader of your, your small business. We have a, a duty to be looking at ourselves, reflecting on who we're being, the impact we're creating, and developing those tools in the toolkit, because I don't think you can just coast anymore. I think I, I, gone are the days. Gone are the days. Yeah. Oh, man. That's tweetable. <laughs> gone are the days. It is your responsibility to develop yourself. It is. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are each responsible for ourselves, for sure. Yeah. When, when you know, I, I still want to come back to where you're at now, but I, I, I before we get there, um, you, you mentioned, and we, and I said before that you went through the spiritual psychology, um, time in your life. You're still there, but you went through and trained in that. And, um, I'm very curious about it. And I'm very, um, you, cause you talked about the questions and the emotions and the levels of what you went through, um, and came out on the other side of also, also maybe a transformed human. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious what that, uh, transformation looked like for you? So I think because um, I think like many people, there's some form of trauma in the younger years. And what I mean by trauma is like a life event. It could be a divorce. It could be a death. It could be, um, you know, a bad accident. And for me, when I was 13, my dad went to jail and that blew up my world as I knew it. And um, when I grew up, there wasn't a generation of adults that had the emotional awareness that I think, you know, is, is more part of parenting these days. So there wasn't really anyone sitting down to be like, let's talk about your emotions. Where are you at? How are you handling this? And so um, when I found coaching, I was 26. And I, um, I did that training. I went deep into that, but I, I hadn't gone deeper to where there were some real rooted trauma and wounds. And so even though I was maybe seven years into the coach training uh, journey, even profession, I needed to go back 
and revisit those early traumas so that I could um, really bring more of my true self to go back to what we talked about at the beginning and really strip back some of the conditioning. Because the message I received growing up, which I don't think is different from most people in my generation, which is just like children should be seen, not heard. And, you know, if there's if there's a, a, a big emotion, it's just like, just stop it. Like, you're okay. Don't worry about it. You're fine. And um, I knew there was younger parts of myself that needed airtime. Younger parts of myself that needed to express um, uh, her pain, her loneliness, her feeling um, scared, abandoned. And so the spiritual psychology program provided a two-year format for me to do that. So it's, it wasn't for the, the, the uh, faint of heart. Um, the skills that I was uh, tr- learning, we were being practiced on. So it was like a t- just like the coach training, you know, you get to get some coaching and you get the skills. So I learned things like gestalt, which is like a dialogue therapy, which is a beautiful way to work with younger parts of ourselves or tra- uh, traumatized parts of ourselves. Um, I learned emotional behavioral therapy. Um, the whole concept around spiritual psychology was that, or is that, that we are souls having a human experience. And that term is more in the um, mainstream vernacular now. And I, I didn't think that before I entered the program. And I didn't even have a relationship with source or a, whatever you want to call it, a higher being. But I knew that um, it was important for me to find one. But it was like I had been cut off from that. You know, it was never something that was part of my childhood. So the program gave me a mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm a human body, but there is a spirit that runs through me. And that is something that's connected to the greater, the greater thing, whatever you want to call it. And, um, what it gave me operating from that mindset was more trust more trust in myself, more trust that I am safe, I am held. There is a bigger thing at play. I don't have to work so, so hard or carry it all on my shoulders. I can break down some days. I can be sad. I can be angry. And there is something bigger beyond me that um, has got my back. So that program like healed, uh, healed a lot of old trauma and then gave me a new mindset, which, um, you know, I finished that program eight years ago and it fed into my children's books, which are all about helping adults and children have a healthier relationship and more responsible relationship with their emotions. The Adventures of Little Sass. Oh, Okay. I, I mean, I knew about all the books and now that brings us into present day. So it's a great like softball you just threw that. I, um, I, and I want to talk about that now um, <laughs> because I, I, di- I didn't know that. Um, and so that's really interesting. Um, tell So let's talk about the little sass. It's so it, your characters are so endearing. And I love seeing pictures of you like online when you. Yeah, go ahead and. Um, yeah, and we'll have pictures up on the on the um, podcast page so they can see the books and everything. It's it's so heartwarming and um, fun. And you wear like a, I've seen you wear a cape in um, a park or something. Is that right? 
the books are they're based in Venice Beach, uh, Venice Beach roller rink, the roller skating rink. For those of you that have traveled there, you've seen photos. Um, I used to live there, and um, when I was creating this character, that's where I was. And the cape, um, so little sass receives this cape from her neighbor. Mrs. Moo is her name. And Mrs. Moo is this older lady who is, she's a healer. She helps people feel things. And she gives her this cape and she says, some days you'll feel sad. Some days you'll feel angry. Some days you'll feel joyful. Use this cape to feel your emotions because that is your right as a human being. And in the books, Little Sass goes on an adventure and something happens that elicits an emotion. And she thinks about all the conditioning she's received, similar to the stories I was just sharing. It's typically, it's a school teacher or a grandparent or a parent or a parent's friend, somebody that has said like, don't, don't be sad or don't, or good little girls aren't angry. Or if you're too joyful, people might think that you're bragging. Okay. So there's always um, conditioning that's not super supportive or aligned to what Mrs. Moo has told her. So little Sass puts her cape on. She takes Mrs. Moo's advice and then she actually feels the emotion and then has this restorative experience to be like, wow, you know, I was just angry. She also like punches pillows and stuff when she's angry. And when she's sad, she takes her body. When she's joyful, she spins around. So there's an embodiment, like a somatic piece that I'm wanting to teach through the books. But she reframes that having an emotion is not a negative thing. It's a natural thing. And that there's ways to do it in a responsible way. That's kind of the, you know, the baseline of the, of the books. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. It's like packed with, um, with all the things. <laughs> all the things. And I always say, Brian, I'm going through the kids to get to the adults because my experience with children and I am um, longing to be a mother. My partner and I are working on that right now. Um, but I had the great privilege of co-parenting with my best friend when her child um, was four months, I moved in and I spent 18 months and oh my goodness, children are just so magical. They're so emotionally flexible, you know, like angry one moment, sad the next, happy the next. And it's a beautiful thing to witness. And what, what I've learned in working with adults over the past 14 years is that we're not emotionally flexible because of the, the, the unresolved traumas, um, the conditioning we've received, you know, I'm a corporate executive. I don't have emotions, all that shit. And I wrote these books so that caregiver, auntie, uncle, um, grandparent, mom, dad could read the book to the child in their life and really reflect on how they're being with their emotion. There is a session guide at the back of each book so that they can have a conversation after. And so that's like a, you know, a bigger mission. And we're currently in production with four more books. Um, we're collaborating with people of color and different cultures. We are bringing in different emotions, ones that have been very prevalent this 18 months. We're going to do grief, loneliness, isolation, and freedom. Wow. Freedom's a big one. Let's pull that one on. 
out and just focus there for a second. And then we'll, um, we'll, we'll, cause you and I could probably talk for a couple of days, but, um, we'll let's pull freedom out and use that as a, as a, as a closeout. Cause I think that's a beautiful, I mean, they all are every emotion is so I love emotional, um, conversations. I actually use it in my keynotes. Um, Paul Ekman, maybe you've heard of him as an emotional expert. And I just think um, emotions are um, exactly what, what makes humans different from the future of what's coming and separates technology and humans, which we could probably geek on, geek out on for, for miles. Um, but the freedom piece isn't, is that an emotion? That's actually a desire, right? So, I mean, loosely calling it an emotion because what we want to do is explore this. Um, well, I'll tell you the context of the story. So the, the context of the story is it's a little boy who actually feels like a girl in his body. And so um, she is exploring that and what it means to be freed from like her identity. And so um, my uh, co-author, who is a person who has had that experience, it's their lived experience. So um, he is currently transitioning from a man to a woman. And it's all about, since he was a child, you know, he identified as a girl, but he was not viewed that way from his parents, from his, you know, everybody. And so we're looking at this emotion of freedom from what does it mean to liberate yourself? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean to liberate? What does it mean to, um, and and we can apply that to anything like back to our original discussion. Many of us are maybe not fully being who we are, you know, again, because of the conditioning, the unresolved traumas. And so what would it mean to liberate those parts of yourself that are afraid to fully come out that, um, that feel shy, that feel they'll be judged you know, so that's what we're going to be going for in that story. Hmm. It it almost makes me feel like like yeah, like what you said before is you're 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 these are for children, but every adult in the world needs to read this. I want to get them into like curriculum, like in schools, so that like mom and dad and auntie and uncle and caregiver are reading them and yeah, 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 yeah. That's the bigger vision for sure. Um. Last question I want to ask you is um, where where do you see the impact that you want to leave uh, or or lift or give in the world from all of this? From when you look back at everything, you from McDonald's to creating to transformation and another transformation, probably lots of other transformations in between, and now this impact, this gift that you've been given and are giving what where is the impact that you see in the outcomes you you want to you want to leave or or give moving forward thanks for that brian um so my newest venture is called up level productions and i have a partner named rachel baldy is one of my dear colleagues from cti as well and um we what i see is what we're creating there is like it's an umbrella for other coaches, thought leaders, artists, teachers who want to get their missions out in the world but are struggling. And we want to leave an impact of like anything that helps to up-level consciousness. 
You know, it could be as small as um, a tiny piece of art that makes somebody feel more connected to something bigger than themselves. It can be a book. It could be a workshop. Um, but when I think about legacy, I just, I, I want people to say, um, she helped me be more of myself. She helped me be more of myself. She gave me permission to let it all out, you know, to pursue what was in my heart, to not feel like I had to hide myself, but that I could really live. And that would mean I've, um, I've made good use of my soul within my human body during this time. Mm. That's so beautiful. And you do that simply by showing up too. I just want to add on to that. Uh, you give others permission um, every time you show up or I see you. So I just want to add on to that. Thank you for, thank you for saying that and for, and for being here and for sharing of yourself. And um, we could go, like I said, we could go on for so much, so much time, but um, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for what you're doing. Such big love to you and your mission. It's so important. Keep going. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.